Good day, it's Tuesday, it's sportsstars.ie and that means it's time for the Fair Green, our weekly feature with a past and present player looking back at their career, looking forward to their ambitions in the future and how they've made their mark on the game. Well, our guest this week needs no introduction. She's not a single star, she's not a dual star, she is a triple star. Currently shooting the lights out down in Australia in the AFL Women's Series, two-time All-Ireland winner with her county in Gaelic football, Tipperary. And five years ago this week, she captained her club to the All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie title. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Ashley McCarthy from Tipperary. And first, Ashley, welcome to the Fair Green. Thanks, Minion, for having me on. Ashley, I'm just looking here and we'll be talking primarily in, in, near the end of the first segment about care and that wonderful win against Aircourt five years ago. But like we could do a year in the life here and we'd still have plenty to talk about because this time a year ago, you probably would have been guessing you would be in Australia but so much has happened since. Yeah, so this time a year ago, to be honest, um, the league was probably coming to a bit of a, a, a close and it did get cut short. So I was hopping on a plane fairly quickly and getting back to Ireland and heading into um, what I thought would be potentially a two-week lockdown, um, but it ended up not having sports till um, June. So, you know, it was something that you definitely couldn't envisage happening. But um, I think over the last year, it's maybe taught us to be grateful for what we have and the opportunities that do come our way and how lucky um, I am even at the moment to be out in Australia and I'm just enjoying every every minute that I have and the bit of freedom and being able to play sport because, you know, I'm talking to my friends and family at home and it, and it seems quite tough at the minute. So um, it's just about being grateful. I think it, it, that's what's it's made me grateful for over the last 12 months anyway. And certainly for many of us as well. And of course, as you mentioned, it's great to be back playing football and enjoying it. We're going to get to that. We'll talk about AFL first in a couple of moments. Bit of housekeeping I need to do first. How's the knee injury? Um, yeah, look, to be honest, um, you know, I was dreading that it could be a long-term injury. Um, a lot of ACL injuries happen in both Gaelic football and um, over here in the AFLW. So when I woke up on Monday, it's quite swollen and I, I kind of was uh, fearing for the worst, but got my results of MRI Tuesday and um, I've escaped any major injury. Um, it's just still a bit sore. Um, so it's just about building back up now and um, trying to get right to play. So I just wouldn't have been 100% at the weekend. Um, they gave me every chance to try to get up for it. But um, now it's just looking like trying to um, get up for this weekend against Fremantle. And, you know, if not, I'm just grateful that it wasn't um, a 12-month injury um, and that potentially I will be able to um, get going for um, the next few games now so I'm just um, excited to get back on the pitch um, and just count my blessings that it wasn't something too serious too. Well, we're thankful that too because we were concerned against GWS when you went off in the closing stages of that contest. As you mentioned Fremantle of course the double up rounds are happening. After the game you played against Fremantle previously of course if there's any game that's going to really motivate you to get back it's that one. Yeah definitely look it, there's a great rivalry here between um West Coast Eagles and Frio and you know it's a local derby and it's going to be an Optus Stadium before a men's game too so they're hoping that it'll be full capacity as well so it'd be a huge like occasion to be involved in obviously you know it is just another game of football but um, I'm really excited to try get going for that one and um, we got close to them the last day so um, I do think there's a real belief in, in the group and even just getting over um, getting a win yesterday and getting over the line will really drive this group on. And, um, you know, we've had a tough draw. We've played probably all the flag the flag contenders um, so far this year. But, um, you know, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And Frio are probably one of the best teams in the competition. And we relish the challenge of um, 
uh, trying to beat them, really. Before I go back to Tim, of course, it was meant to be my second question here. But of course, finally, you got the result because I don't want to say unlucky, but I mean, you were, as you just touched on there as well, you were giving matches to some of the top teams there. And just unfortunately, a quarter would go wrong or a kick of the ball here or there. But it was a much tighter game than you would have expected. Great to have Neve Kelly back as well. But West Coast finally off the mark beating Gold Coast. Yeah, definitely. Like, as I said, we've played probably, you know, some of the best teams in the competition so far. And it was great, to be honest, that we were able to show glimpses of what we want to do in our kind of game plan. Um, but it's just that we were kind of inconsistent, I suppose, and we didn't really play it across four quarters. You know, instilling belief in the girls, um, you know, when you get that win, it can drive you on just confidence-wise. So, um, it's a, a, you know, it was a tight one, a one-point win, and it wasn't good for the nerves. I was sick watching it. It's easier definitely to be on the pitch. At least you can try to um, have an impact. So, yeah, it wasn't a great one to watch, but um, I'm just delighted for all the girls. And, you know, even just seeing Neve get back after her, um, she, she's had surgery and everything on her finger, and she's only missed two games. So she's phenomenal, phenomenal to work so hard to be able to, to get back. And um, it was great just to see her and Grace out there, and they did really well. And the eye for Grace as well, getting a goal in the in the contest as well. Let's go back to Fremantle for a moment, just seeing it's the game coming up at the weekend. Um, like on um, we Joanne Doonan do a weekly segment here, you might be aware of on, on the AFLW. And like I said it to Joanne at the time too, the opening game against Adelaide, I wasn't happy with the Australian commentators describing you because it looks like because you scored three goals in a practice match, they're expecting you to score three goals in every game. And we even both said you would have cracking contest. Yes, the results went wrong, but have you found that as well as sometimes like that expectation, especially when the Australian commentator described me as imports and like you're going out there putting the work in as well. Do you think sometimes more is expected of you? I'm not really sure. You know, I do watch back the games and you try not to be listening to the commentary, but um, yeah, I noticed it a few times or, or else they kind of say that we do things a little bit differently. But um, I suppose, you know, we do have a unique way of going about it and we bring a lot of strengths um, because of our Gaelic football background. So yeah, I'm not sure. Look, I think, you know, it was a fairly high profile move to move from um, Western Bulldogs to West Coast Eagles. So there probably is a little bit of expectations there to perform. And um, that's just something that I kind of try to keep on the outside and just concentrate on my own game and um, play the role that um, the management here want me to do. Um, so it can, you can get kind of caught up in that outside noise. But um, I think, you know, it's a professional sport. Um, there is a lot of media coverage and it's something that you kind of have to put to the side because um, you know there can be if you go online if you have a bad game there can maybe be a few nasty comments and stuff so it's important that you don't um, kind of get overwhelmed and um, stuck in all that it certainly turned the reason I brought it up is they certainly had turned by the Fremantle game but of course I, I was laughing watching the game because they were complimenting you how you were adapting to the elements of course if, if ever there was a day that the weather was pure Irish it was that day against Fremantle last day yeah, definitely. And, you know, it just gets very contested football. It's hard, you know, to play a clean game um, when it is raining. So that's probably something that I relish. I actually was really excited that it was raining. And, you know, I last year I remember playing against Melbourne on Friday night and it was raining as well. And it was probably one of my best games playing for Western Bulldogs. So, you know, it um, is a real midfield battle um, in the rain and it's something that I enjoy and I'm just getting stuck in um, trying to get the dirty ball out to the outside players. So, um, yeah, I relish the contest. Obviously, the results wasn't great but you know we definitely had things that day that we can build on um, going forward and um, work on during the week now for next weekend 
Now, we were delighted Ashin joined us on uh, one of our podcasts when the news was announced that you would move to the West Coast Eagles as well. Uh, Results-wise now, Ashin, you're there five rounds, you played four of them. How are you enjoying life in Perth? Um, yeah, I'm loving life here. Um, I suppose being able to marry playing professional sport and getting to travel a bit of the world, you know, and I'm getting to see a different part of Australia and Perth is um, a fabulous city and um, the beaches and everything are lovely. So I like that aspect of it too. And then the club has been great, you know, just even from the staff right down to the players um, welcoming me in and I feel really at home here and I'm really enjoying it. And All I have to worry about is performing on the field. So um, I've no other logistical things to worry about, which um, I think is really important just to be a footballer and um, forget about any kind of outside logistics. And I think the club deal with all that. So um, I'm really enjoying that. And look, as you said, um, we went there on a winless streak, but I think what we kind of took from it was that we were playing some of the best teams in the competition, as I've already said. So there has been elements that um, we positives that we can take from it. Um, but it was tough, I suppose, week on week. But um, I'm just delighted that the girls got the win um, at the weekend. And, you know, we are only a new club. Last year was the inaugural season um, that West Coast Eagles had an AFLW team. Um, so I think we can only get better and um, with experience and more kind of years together. Um, I think we'll be up there with the best teams in the competition. It was a brave move. Now, there was other factors, not just on field, why uh, you moved as well, which we'll touch on in a moment. But of course, Western Bulldogs, and of course, they're flying it again this year. And you did well with them, seven goals in 12 matches too. But it, it wasn't just on field reasons that you made that decision to go from Melbourne to Perth. Obviously, um, when you go as an international player over to Australia, there is a lot of logistical things that you have to worry about. And one of them was my visa restrictions and that I couldn't work. And I just felt over the last 12 months, um, not having football for a good while of that, that I felt my physio career was very important to me. And, you know, I kind of realised you're not going to have sport all your life or if you do get injured, you have to have something to fall back on. So um, I think it's important to develop my physio career as well. And the club are giving me the opportunity um, just to go shadowing and it's uh, very casual, but it's just to keep my brain ticking over and um, keep up my skills in that side of it and just have kind of an outlet, I guess, outside of football, which I think the club is really good at doing. Um, we have meetings um, on a monthly basis, really, just to check out how our development off the field is going. And um, they do anything they can to help us. And, um, you know, if it's a course we want to do, they'll look into it. Or if there's anything that we want to kind of learn, um, they'll try help. So I think that was a major move. And then obviously, I just really loved their attitude and their culture and what they're striving for in the next years. And I kind of wanted to be part of that. So it's been a really good journey so far with this club and um, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and of course, two goals in four games so far and of course, plenty of disposals and clearances and even in our own um, Irish player of the competition so far, the Maseva and Joanna are doing your joint leader in that too. Just one, two questions on Australia before we move on. One is, as you mentioned there, you can't work at the moment, but your physiotherapy career is very, very important because a lot of people, even though we've highlighted the AFLW is still new. It's the fourth or fifth season of it too. It's semi-professional. Like you're not going to be like making 10 grand a week or anything like that uh, at the moment. So it is important to be thinking of your post-football career as well as what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I only have to look to my captain, Emma Swanson. She um, just graduated um, in the uh, as a fire um, fighter there this year. And um, there was bushfires recently. And like she was on call all that week to go out Um and, you know, she does 24-hour shifts or night shifts the day before training and things. So that just shows, you know, how it still is semi-professional. Um, I suppose we get the probably best of it because of our visa restrictions. It does become a pre- professional sport for us. Um, so we have all the time 
to you know go to the beach and recover and prepare for training and prepare for games but you know other girls over here have a tough they you know basically go to their job um nine to four nine to five and head to training and spend another six hours in the club so you know it can be tough but it's heading in the right direction every year we're getting a game or two extra and the preseason is extending by a week or two so um it definitely is going in that professional direction um but it is still semi-professional but at the moment we have the best boat worlds and you know, as you know, the longer the season gets over here, um, the more time will cut into the Gaelic season. So um, I'm hoping it won't extend too far just so that we're still able to come home. And it's a huge honour to obviously represent Tipperary. So grateful that I've been able to do that over the past two seasons. So it's something that I do want to keep continue to do. But I do think at some stage it'll obviously be a choice that has to be made. We hope we hope it doesn't have to be made too soon because we definitely still want you playing for Tipperary anyway or West Coast Eagles, whatever the case may be. As we move towards Gaelic football, tell me the influence of Colin O'Reardon because if I'm right, you were about 15 when he moved to Sydney Swans and that was probably the first time it piqued your interest about potentially playing professional football in Australia? Yeah, so obviously Colin is an um, uh, unbelievable footballer for Tipperary and we got to see him in the Munster final this year and um, he's a fantastic ambassador for Tipperary. So, yeah, he moved when he was quite young. And obviously, you know, there was the international rules competition between Ireland and Australia. So that's probably where I some of my interest came from. And then obviously when Colin moved over, you know, it was just something that you kind of looked out to see how he was getting on. And then he's been doing really well. And, you know, I've been in contact with him over the past two years, um, just kind of asking for any tips and things like that. So, um, he's been great. And then obviously when Cora moved, that probably opened up the floodgates for um, Irish ladies footballers to, to move. But it was still something that I didn't really think was on my radar. Like I obviously didn't know if the opportunity would be there. And it's kind of not something that I thought about. Um, but then, you know, the opportunity came to my door and I just um, took it. And um, I'm really enjoying it now that um, I've just kind of relished the challenge of a new sport and um, just went with the flow really. And I'm really enjoying it now. And as I say, we're enjoying watching it as well and we wish you the best luck in all the games remaining this season. It's not often something we do here in sports stars highlight a men's game, but of course you're a Tipperary football supporter as well as a Tipperary player. You mentioned Colin O'Reardon, you mentioned the Munster final. What did that mean for football in Tipperary when they beat Cork in the Munster football final last year? Yeah, it was unreal. You know, it was um, a very emotional day and, um, you know, you saw the interviews afterwards on the TV and it would actually bring a tear to your eye just how happy they were. But, um, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Obviously, you know, Tipperary is predominantly um, a hurling county. So um, for the men to go out there and do that, it will just um, give a boost to, you know, um, clubs that are predominantly probably football clubs and also um, little girls and boys um, can grow up, you know, dreaming to play football for Tipperary as well as just hurling. So, um, you know, I think a hur- the hurling takes some of the talent away from the football as well. I'm sure there's plenty of great footballers on that Tipperary hurling team. So, you know, hopefully now that um, you know, they'll they'll get a strong um run again this year when football is um back. And you know, it's really special as well to see Connor Sweeney win um an all-star too. So it's a real just big boost for um football around the county. As you mentioned, All-Stars too are teams of the championship. No doubt you were delighted to see your own club mate, Ashley Maloney, uh, pick up a uh, TG Carry AG team of the championship award last week. And I've no doubt, you, um, Ashley, you were following the Sports Stars team of the year and delighted to see Emma Cronin make that team too. Yeah, it's, I'm delighted you know, for my teammates to get the recognition that they deserve. So yeah, I like Emma Cronin is sticky cornerback and um, she, you know, a lot of defenders probably go unnoticed but um, she's a very important um, part of our team so um, I'm delighted that 
she got that recognition and then obviously um Ashing is special talent and um she's probably been knocking on the door for the last few years um for kind of an all-star award. So um it's brilliant that she was recognized this year and you know across both our games against Monaghan and Galway she's um very important and influential. So um, I'm delighted that um she got that and then obviously Roshan Harrod's goal was up for goal of the year so another club made of mine um, and you know it's probably the sweetest strike out of all of them but um, obviously Amy Mackin's goal was special as well um, for all the movement and tricks that she brought out there in that, in that goal I'm delighted that Roshan got recognised as well Tipperary Senior Football Championship 2020 first impressions how would you describe it? It was kind of probably an almost uh, like you know losing by um both games by one point was probably, um, I think it was both by one, but um, it was probably like uh, tough to be honest, and it was disappointing. But I think going away from it, we can we can show that we actually can perform with the best teams in the country. Um, I suppose we don't have the results yet to prove that. Um, but I think you know going forward, it does give us um a lot of belief as a group that we can definitely put it up to the best teams and you know us trying to contend for a monster championship isn't completely off our radar so um it's just about bringing that group together now and kind of building on um 2020 but you know like we're delighted that we even just got to play football in the first place and it was tough having just the two games and um getting knocked out straight away then but hopefully you know we'll have a bigger run of championship you know monster championship and all ireland championship this year um i think that we can only get better with the more games that we play together as a group and it's important too for Tipperary because like we get to 17 and 19 in a moment, but even as a Galway man, I felt for you at the end of that game when you nearly had the chance there in the time went out to get an equaliser. To get a second consecutive year at seniors fighting for this group because, you know, you could have done without the relegation in 2018, fair to say. Yeah, look, 2018 was a similar year as well. Um, I suppose we put it up to all the big teams, but we lost by, you know, I think the most was like five or six points. Um, against Cork and Kerry so you know it, it, the year just kind of went that we kept um, almost winning but we didn't so yeah I think it did put us probably back at step because I think that we're it's tough to get out intermediate and we're probably in between being an intermediate team and being um, a senior team at that stage um, where we could put it up to senior teams but we we're probably just that year a bit unlucky so I think it's important for our development that we didn't get um, relegated because, as you know, like we did perform against some of the best teams. So I think it would have put us back again um, if we were a yo-yo and up and down and we had to try to get out of the Intermediate Championship again. Um, so it will definitely stand to us that we're back in the Senior Championship. And if the league goes ahead as well, the girls will get games in Division 1 as well. So um, I think it's really important for our development that we did maintain senior status. I think so too. And even myself and Eve Kentland have said before that, you know, the way football has come on now, 12 teams at senior level is too little. There's definitely one or two could be added to that. And Tipperary is a prime example as well. Uh, of course, before I can't talk football and not get to 17 and 19, but beforehand, you started playing football about six or seven. Would that be correct when you first started going out to the club? Um, yeah, six or seven. I kind of put my hand to every kind of sport. I think soccer was probably my big one when I was younger, but um, I was only playing with the boys. So I um, had to give that up then. And yeah, um, Gaelic football and Kamobi were probably my two favourites. And I just kept on playing them through my teenage years then as well. Would you pick football over Kamogi now? Because I know you still play uh, club Kamogi the whole time. Hints we're talking today. Um, yeah, look, um, I think, you know, Gaelic football is my first love. Um, it's something, you know, I made 
county squads and things like that um, underage. But when there was a clash, I always kind of swayed towards football. So, um, yeah, I think that is my number one love. But at the same time, you know, it's good to kind of be able to go away from football and have a different focus as well. So um, it's a huge honour as well to represent my club. And as you've already mentioned, like winning All-Ireland with them was really special. So just being able to give back to them and continuing to play um, while I can is important. Um, so, yeah, I probably love football better but um i like camogie too <laughs> we, we forgive you for that one or the camogie listeners will forgive you for that one um i'd lo- normally now we'd go through your inter-county football career but we'll just go on the two days in particular um we've talked about how important for tipperary to stay playing senior football but of course success as well breeds that confidence and no doubt if i asked you for one of the highlights of your career you definitely say uh, the 2017 all-ireland intermediate football final when tipperary became all-ireland champions um, yeah, that was a huge day. I think it was the first day that I tasted success, um, you know, at that level with Tipperary and um, the girls had done it. Some of the girls had done it previous in 2008, but I was a little tot uh, back then and I actually played in the mini games at halftime that day. So just being able to be um, on the field that day in, in 2017 was brilliant. And as you said, like success breeds success. So I think you know, having a tier championship, I think, is really important, especially for teams that are developing. And, um, you know, those 2017 and 2019 are huge highlights in um, my career. And I think, it, you know, it only brings on teams as well and brings them closer together when they do have success like that. Um, so, yeah, 2017 was um, a big one. And obviously then 2019 to get back up to um, senior was really important for us, the group. And um, ticking that box as well was, was really good. Have you ever lost in Crow Park? Yeah, I actually was part of the 2013 um, Tipperary Intermediate Squad and we lost Cavan in the All-Ireland. So um, I was a sub that day and I only came on. So technically, any time I started, we won. (laughs) Yeah. Because just when you mentioned about the mini games as well in 08, and I kind of going the three main uh, events here I have is, is wins, like you know. But just go back to 2017, like for yourself as well too. Sure, everything just fell into place. Uh, important victory for developing the team at the time. You scored one four that day. Uh, intermediate players player of the year too. Like sure, everything like it was just a perfect year so far in your career. I know we're it's a year past what we'll be talking about in a bit, but you know the the groove was going nicely, especially in football. Yeah, I think that year, to be honest, we won kind of everything that we could have um, with regards to Tipperary. With my club, we won our first senior county title as well in football. And with UL, we won the O'Connor Cup um, in March. So it was a really special year and it just kind of kept on rolling. And obviously, you know, you mentioned some individual accolades there and that's not why you play sport, but it is nice to get um, recognition like that. And it was really um great night with my family at the All-Star Awards. And um, I think the players player as well is something truly special because it's your peers that actually vote for you and um, people that you play against so to have the respect of players around the country was something that is really humbling and obviously Ashing went on to get it in 2019 as well so being from the same club like that's really special that we have um, two intermediate players pair of the years and I just something that I'll always cherish but probably something that I won't think about too much until my career ends and I can look back at all these days um, with um, a smile I suppose. And I do, I do hope that we'll be doing a piece again with more accolades going down the line. How important was 2019 after the relegation of 2018? Because no doubt if he didn't bounce back straight away, the whole momentum could be lost. Yeah, um, you know, the Intermediate Championship is probably one of the toughest to get out of. And there's always teams there knocking on the door to get into senior. And 
Um, you know, you saw me there only winning this year after probably three, um, four years of just hardship and a slog trying to get out of there. So we knew it was going to be a tough one. But um, at the start of the year, you know, we did set our, our goals to be getting out of that intermediate championship and become a senior team. So there probably was a little bit of pressure on us, but um, we knew we performed that we would potentially come away with a win. So it was just really important for us and our development um, that we did just bounce straight back. Um, because you can get stuck down there for for a little while if you don't come straight back out of it. So um, yeah, we're just delighted um, that we did get the win. And as you see now that we're we're playing and competing with some of the best teams in the counties or in the country. So um, it's important that we try and maintain that status just for our development. 2017 was new in one way. I know you, you were there in 2013 against Cavan as well, but I suppose there was that bit extra pressure maybe in 19 because you were up against the Mead team who'd lost the previous year's final to Roan. You know, the normal, like, the, the momentum is with them and, of course, he wanted to get back to senior as well. Was that that bit of pressure beforehand or did you just get your mindset wide another game and go out and perform? Yeah, look, there was probably a bit of outside pressure and expectations, you know, and because we come down from the senior, I think people were expecting us to bounce straight back up and... Mead were a great team as well. We played them in 2017 in All Ireland semi final, and obviously they had they had a lot of motivation um, from previous years to to get build up for that day. So you know there was a little bit, but I think you know at that level you just have to put that to the side. And um, we knew we kind of went out and we performed that we would get away with the win. But you know it was a tough one. It was until there was about 10, 15 minutes left that we kind of knew that we had we had it um I suppose we still had to play to the final whistle but it was real tit for tat for about 45 um 50 minutes and we were just delighted and relieved to get over the line in the end two All-Ireland titles Tipperary back in senior football you players player of the year in 2017 you mentioned your Cahir club main Ashley Maloney uh players player of the year in 2019 and you're not a bad Camogie midfield partnership if I say so myself I was in the commentary box um, five years ago next Saturday when you took on Aircourt in the All-Ireland final, you know, to, is it anything you could have ever imagined winning an All-Ireland with your club? No, it's not something that I probably envisaged and, you know, I was so young back then as well. Um, so I think we just took it all in our stride but that was a really special day, you know, to have basically the whole town up in Crow Park and um, to be representing care um, on the biggest stage there is in Gaelic Games. So to go up the steps of the Hogan Stand was something that I probably haven't really kind of thought about yet, but um, it is something that um, was extremely um, special. And even that night we went back to care and there was a homecoming and, you know, there was people lining the streets of our town and it was extra special. So, yeah, it's probably one of the highlights of my um, sporting career um, to be able to to do that. And um, I look back with such fond memories on um, that year as a whole as well, because we got to the club football All-Ireland too. Um, but unfortunately, we um, lost. It was really um, great that, you know, we had a lot of overlap of about 17, 18 players that we got the win in the Camogie then. So um, it was a, a brilliant day for our club. As I mentioned already in my Galway route, so I would have been well familiar with that Haircourt team. And if you told me before the match they'd only score 1-2, I would have laughed at you, regardless who won the game as well. But he put in such an accomplished performance as well. Again, no different to the conversations we've had about playing football with Tipperary in Crow Park. It looked like you were just in your element out in the field. Let's get on with it. Job to do. Yeah, definitely. And we obviously heard a good bit about some of the Haircourt players before the game. And they had um, a few people that represented Galway um, in Camogie as well. So um, we definitely knew that they were a very talented bunch, but I think everything just clicked that day. And 
um we really just did as you said we enjoyed it um i think we just went out to to enjoy playing and um it was really good because as a group obviously we played camogie since we were so young um so i do think there is that a, a special bond at club level um that you have when you when you've kind of grown up together and we were very successful underage as well probably my age group and below um we've kind of won a good few county titles underage so I think we definitely had that belief and we were used to winning as well so I think that's something that we brought into that day and we were probably you know we were young and naive I think and but it's only better when you're like that <laughs> just to go out and enjoy yourself so I think it played um like well on our part as well that we were young at the time but the form had been good throughout the campaign and you were doing that doubling up with the football as well. Of course, it's it needless to ask you, like your opinions, the club football or Ireland should be in Crow Park as well because like the Camogie is new as well. But while you were in an Iron final at football, this was to play in Crow Park, which is the dream for everyone at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. It'd be lovely, obviously, if um, Leeds football as well could put the... Um, club finals in Crow Park, you know, it, it is something special. And, you know, um, only in football, obviously, when you represent your county, um, that's the only time that you could end up potentially playing in Crow Park. So it'd be really nice for club footballers to be given that opportunity as well. And um, it probably makes the occasion extra special um, to play on, obviously, the best field in the country. So um, I do think that it would be something that that is great. But... Um, you know, just being able to say that I played in Crow Park, my club here in Kamobi, um, is is a huge honour. We couldn't rule it out happening again. I have to ask you, of course, major disappointment last year in Tipperary when you were kind of boxed in with two county finals in the same weekend. Something that we felt here was absolutely needless and didn't need to happen. And unfortunately for yourselves, you had to make the decision to sacrifice the Kamogi final. To be honest, it's something that probably shouldn't have happened. Um, there was uh, finals the weekend before um, in the Senior and Intermediate Championship, I think. So uh, we were just pitching that potentially we could play the Junior um, A Kobe final that day too. But, you know, it kind of fell on deaf ears. So that's when we had to come out on in the social media. So it wasn't something that we, we kind of went talking about straight away in the media. We had done everything we could to try to pitch our, I suppose, argument of why um, we thought it was unfair um, and that we really did want to represent our club in the best way that was possible and you know for player welfare it wasn't possible to play two games in the one weekend and we'd done it two weeks previous for the semi-finals and we just felt it wasn't possible to do again so you know look it was very disappointing but um, I think we were just proud of how we done everything that we could to be able to try get a move and you know to go out then on the, the Sunday I think and win the county final in football and I think we tried to share it as much as we could with the girls obviously that only played Camogie because they lost out on the opportunity to play in the county final which is hugely disappointing so you know we've kind of put that behind us but I think going forward just at club and county level I think you know if there if fixture clashes can be avoided I think it's really important that they are because um, just for player welfare and um, just mentally as well being able to represent your club and county at the highest level is really important um, and obviously if there's two games in the one day or two games in a weekend it's hard to do that and like we all accept too and it'd be just interesting to get your viewpoint before we finish up the segment that we know with the growth of both sports every, uh, clashes can't be completely avoided but things like county finals championship knockout matches there should be no or county semi-finals as well there should be no excuses you know there when, when these things are coming up they should be planned for in advance like we saw what happened with Cork and Galway this year in the ladies football as well and of course that stemmed from Camogie too we don't want to be keep prodding at the LJV and that one there's, there's a lot of these clashes that don't need to happen 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, when you look at the start of the year, there probably is only, I know at club level, there's probably only some clubs that are actually dual clubs. Um, a lot of Camogie clubs in Tipperary are prom- predominantly just Camogie, um, especially in North Tip. So if you kind of look at maybe like, it could only be like 10 clubs that have um, both football and Camogie. And if you try to even just avoid them having games on the same day or something like that, I know logistically it's probably a nightmare for the county boards and even in Crow Park um, at county level to try avoid it. But I think if you kind of have a bit of a framework beforehand of potential clashes and that you work around, like obviously with Orla, um, Ashling and Roshan Harrod were playing Camogie this year. And um, I think there could have potentially been a clash down the line if we got to semi-finals. So, you know, just knowing at the start that, oh, there is a potential clash there, but then fixing it before you kind of publicize I think the the fixtures but you know it's probably easier said than done to be honest but I think going forward it is something that's really important because otherwise girls are going to walk away from one sport um, because it's not going to be possible to play both so um, I think just to keep some of the best players in the game and playing it is important that you don't have clashes and yeah, and that's exactly what we want. And Tipperary, listen to us now. We want Ashley McCarthy playing camogie and ladies football for care of her and winning county titles. And of course, best luck to all the other clubs as well. Ashley, we'll finish in a positive note this segment before we go to the Fantastic Four as well. Of course, even though one of your bios down in Australia has described you as a veteran, of course, you're far from a veteran. No different to Sarah Road. There's a good 10 years on you at least, if not more in your career. If I asked you your ultimate ambition from here on in, whether it's in AFL or football or Kamogi, if you were to pick one achievement you'd like to do in your career from here on in, what would it be? On a personal level, it's probably obviously just to be the best player I can be in all, all the sports that I put my hand to. But um, I think what would be the ultimate goal would be to win the Brendan Martin with Tipperary. I do think, you know, we're building towards that and maybe a month of championship I'll take first. But um I think that is the ultimate goal. I've dreamed of playing for Tipperary as a little girl and um, to win All-Ireland with them would be unbelievable. But it's probably a few years in the making yet. Um, but we'll definitely try um, this year anyway to put our best foot forward. Um, but I think, you know, developing to build towards that is probably the ultimate goal. Well, you're definitely going in the right direction, Ashley, and we wish you the very, very best of luck with that. Thanks a million for joining us here. Of course, as I said at the very start, there's so much more we could have talked about. The time has gotten the better of us, but hopefully we get a chance some stage later in the year to chat again. Of course, we're not done with you yet. We have one final segment before we let you go, and that is the Fantastic Four, our part of the show where players make and break lifelong friendships. They have to pick the best players they've played with or against. Now, Ashley will be focusing on Gaelic football, but of course, Ashley, you have that discretion to change anywhere you want as well. At the moment, I'm going to ask you to name the best two players you've played with. It can be club, county, college, whatever um, criteria you decide, and then the best two players that you played against. So, Ashley, when you're ready, the best player you've played with and why? So, I'll go with my club, Roshan Howard. I think she's just a super player. Um, she works extremely hard and um, she's a special talent. Probably doesn't get all the recognition that she does deserve. Um, and she's really special to play alongside. I think myself, her and Ashling have a very special bond in the forward line um, and they've been a joy to play with as I've grown up. So um, my number one would be um, Roshan Howard. Roshin Howard definitely of course we should remember Roshin was player of the match against Monaghan too and you've mentioned uh, goal of the year contender as well and a great performer for both Camogie and football They um, actually the second player you've played with and why? Second player we've already talked about her would be <laughs> Ashley Maloney <laughs> um, just, again she's a club mate of mine and obviously play with her in 
at county level too. So um, a very special talent. Um, probably as well have that bond with her as I do with Roisin. So um, just a real joy to to play with. Um, and I think we kind of learn a lot from each other as well. And um, we work really hard um, together. So um, she's a special talent and um, I don't really think I need to talk too much about it, why I chose her. So yeah, my second one would be Ashley Maloney. I had notes here in Ashley Maloney. You mentioned her a few times in conversation. I would have quizzed you if you hadn't mentioned her unless you were uh, you had a, coll- a, a, coll- a college angle uh, to get around that. So it's Roisin Howard and Ashley Maloney are the two players you played with. Now, Ashley, it's time for the two players that you played against. So the first player that you played against and why? So I played with and against this girl and it's Louise Ward-Galway. So it's uh, brilliant to be able to pl- say I played alongside her in UL as well. Just her athletic attributes she brings to the game. You know, she's so quick. She's so humble for everything that she's achieved um, as a player. And she just goes out and, and does her job. And um, she's a real workhorse and does a lot of hard work for any team that she plays with. Um, so she'd be someone that I, I really look up to. And I think she's definitely one of the best um, players in the competition. Louise Ward, of course, another all-star member of Team of the Championship along with Ashley Maloney as well. So, Ashley, we have Roisin Howard, we have Ashley Maloney and we have Louise Ward. Ashley McCarthy, the final member of your Fantastic Four, the second player that you played against and why? This is a tough one. Uh, I think I might go again with the club angle um, and say Jennifer Grant um, for Brian Bruce. So, obviously, I played with her too. So, I played with all of these players, but... I think, you know, when we went out and played club against Brian Bruce, there'd be a great rivalry there. And I think she just epitomizes um, hard work as well. And that's something that I think that I, she's a great role model for younger girls on uh, working hard to be the best you can be. And she then just goes out and um, plays a really important role for her team. And she played a really important role for Tipperary as well um, over the last years. And it's probably someone I looked up to when I was younger. So um, Jennifer Grant then is the fourth one. Jennifer Grant, a fantastic footballer. And just a quick point there before we wrap up. Of course, a lot of people wouldn't realise this. We've talked about Care earlier on and their achievements about Camogie and football. It's a very competitive football scene in Tipperary, isn't it? You mentioned Brian Baruth there. A hair low as well were champions recently enough to yourselves, of course, up there. That it's one of those county championships in the country that it would take a brave person to bet heavy money and who's going to win any particular year. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we got our first win at, at senior level in 2017 and Ever since then, we've been quite successful, obviously, with our hello winning um, last year as well, I think. Um, so, yeah, look, it's a very competitive championship. There's probably four or five contenders every year at the start. You know, every team probably has a chance. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't you wouldn't bet your house on anyone. But uh, hopefully, you know, we can uh, retain the, the title now going forward. Um, and, yeah, it's an exciting championship, definitely. Another county championship we'll be looking forward to later in the year. Ashley McCarthy, your Fantastic Four, one more time are Roisin Howard, Ashley Maloney, Louise Ward, and Jennifer Grant. Thanks a million for joining us here in the Fair Green. The best of luck at the remaining games in the AFLW this year. Hopefully, there'll be more wins for West Coast Eagles and get yourselves in contention in the closing stages. We look forward to seeing you back in Ireland sometime in the uh, blue and gold of Tipperary. With that being said, Ashley McCarthy, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks a million for having me.